Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. When the penalty for having um, an abortion after being uh, raped is more severe uh, than the penalty for rape, you know it's a war on women. This is bad. Bad news for women, bad news for Texas women, bad news for low-income and minority women, simply because and this, they have gutted Roe v. Wade. This is bad news. As a lawyer, we need to understand this is part of the problem when you have result-oriented people who want judges that way. They're, the, the Supreme Court justices are following the law. They didn't have standing to bring this. They said, we're not going to decide it now. Come back to us later when you have standing. That's the way the law works. And if this were going in the other direction, against people who are progressives or liberals, and the court was taking action without standing to do something that they disagreed with, they'd be disagreeing with that. Well, I hate to be so obvious, but Chris Christie's 100% right, and Donna Brazil is just trying to get people fired up to raise money for her side. Yep. Uh, that was the discussion on ABC this week yesterday about the new Texas abortion law, which I took in, geez, a couple of hours of lawyerly podcasts over the weekend. It's really pretty interesting the way the thing was crafted to be be hard to shut down. <laughs> and uh, but but here's 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 the main takeaway, the main takeaway that everybody should have. Um, according to it's the, a the war lawyers, on women, That's it's a takeaway. war on women and it's it's just Trump justices who don't like women and want them to be uh, pregnant and not work. It's like, like the, the Handmaid's Tale. Um. The the lawyers that I like and respect who are fair on this sort of stuff all say that decision by the Supreme Court and the law in Texas actually have very close to zero to do with Roe versus Wade and whether or not it gets overturned. So AOC tweeting over the weekend that Roe versus Wade Wade has been overturned. That she just tweeted that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. And now we need to blah, 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 pack the court. There's a new movement for uh, getting more Supreme Court justices to rebalance the court. Because when for the first time in my entire life, it leans conservative as opposed to liberal. Well, then you got to change the rules to get it back in balance. You see, imbalance is when it's all lefties running it all the time. But anyway, uh, Roe versus Wade is not affected by what happened in Texas. And it's sure as hell not affected by what the Supreme Court ruled over the weekend or uh, last week. As Chris Christie pointed out, it was just a... You're not ready to go on this thing yet. Come back to us when you have some standing to complain. The big Roe versus Wade battle is coming this next term. The Supreme Court kicks off first Monday in October, just a couple of weeks from now. Most people think they're going to take up the big case. What is the name on it? Doesn't matter. Um, in December sometime. And that is the big kahuna. That's the one people have been anticipating for decades where the Supreme Court is going to most likely have a full-on look at whether or not Roe versus Wade should continue to be the law of the land, but not this Texas thing. Okay. All right. Is the uh, the big one the, the Mississippi abortion law? I can't remember. It's got a name attached to it. I don't remember. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't throw around. I, hey, hey, lawyers, the rest of us don't have any idea what you're talking about when you just throw out a name, all right? I know you and your lawyer friends do, but the rest of us don't. So do well, that's do how little, I feel better than you, though, by doing that. So do us all a solid and throw in a little. That's the case where, all right. 
I know you and your law friends get to sit around over drinks and throw out terms. That's that's fantastic. Why would you? Why would you uh, need to fill it in for your law friends? But the rest of us don't have any idea what you're talking about when you just throw out names for court cases. Um, the Texas thing, now, most of my favorite conservatives hate this Texas law because it empowers every citizen in the state of Texas to tell on and profit from crimes that other crimes in their mind you know or crimes in their belief that other people committed and we do not want that to apply to freedom of speech or gun rights or all kinds of different things, global warming all kinds of different things that could happen in other states we this is not the way to go forward but texas did that it's a pretty clever maneuver to try to force a variety of issues around abortion it's not because i don't think it's because they think it's a good idea or a good way to handle abortion in any state well, good, because similar laws in California having to do with the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act has turned into an enormous extortion racket, just a morally reprehensible cesspool. So, yeah, the idea of sending forth the people of Texas to sue abortion providers for providing abortion, it's just it's not workable. Even if you hate abortion, it's just we don't want that society. Ugh. No, no. But it's it's not it's not. It, it, well, it's not a, a decision that's got anything to do with Roe versus Wade. So quit saying it does, unless you're fundraising, then I guess it makes sense. You're a politician and you're trying to rally people to your side, um, acting like it's a war on women or whatever. Um, and I think most people think the Supreme Court, when the proper uh, moment comes with somebody withstanding challenges this, the first time it's implemented in Texas, the first time somebody comes forward and says, hey, that woman over there got an abortion. I heard about it the other day. I I want to you know I want to challenge her on that, and I want my ten thousand dollar prize or whatever I get for doing this. Um, that then then somebody will have standing to challenge this, and the Supreme Court will have to shut it down and take a look at it. So it's not going to be the law of the land. It's not the end of Roe versus Wade. It's not the end of abortion. It'll never happen. Yeah, America's okay with abortion. Both parties first trimester. After that, they're not. That's where we're going to end up at some point, probably next year, after they uh, get this big case and the Supreme Court looks at it. I'll tell you what, the way this was uh, mispresented in the media over the last couple of days, to me, is just a warm-up for what we got coming in December, oh. if that's when, the, I mean, when the I oral just arguments... Say, be- oh, the, the fever pitch is going to be something you've never seen. People actually with their hair on fire are going to say, calm down to all the activists in D.C. It's going to be just crazyville. Sure. You remember Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett and the things that people were saying when they were uh, up for justice and confirmation hearings? Oh, the coverage on both sides of this abortion thing, when it finally gets to the Supreme Court, here in a couple of months, is going to be maybe unlike anything we've ever seen in our lifetimes, which is saying something. Oh, boy. I hope Trump weighs in on it. <laughs> just, to, you know, just to put the pedal truly to the metal. Yeah, it'll be absolutely crazy, Bill. And uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe billions of dollars, will be raised on each side, which is wow. you know the right. main aim. Every email you get on this topic, every tweet you see with a link, it's all going to be about making money. These people all get rich off of your political beliefs. You realize that, right? On both sides. These people get filthy freaking rich. Running their pack that employs their entire family for six-figure salaries. 
See, Donna Brazile, that first voice you heard there, maybe you don't know who she was. She was Al Gore's campaign manager. She was the chair of the DNC when she was given Hillary the, the uh, when she worked for CNN, she was given uh, Hillary the the answers to the or the questions for the debates. The I mean, debate, she's that. Yeah. She's she's an operative. She knows what she's doing when she says war on women. She's playing a card to raise money. But I think AOC tweeting out over the weekend that this is the end of Rover's Wit, I think she believes that crap. It could be. I can't quite get a handle on how bright she actually is. She's pretty verbal. She's pretty. I don't know. I don't, she yeah, got them she, eyes. Yeah, she, she got them. She got them. Oh, she got them. Um, on the other hand, ah, she does fall for some stuff that's pretty ridiculous. Of course, when you live in an ideological bubble, that happens. Before we take a break, I mentioned last hour that I'm going to become suit guy starting tomorrow. I bought a bunch of suits, and I'm going to start wearing a suit every day. And it's to make me feel better about myself. I'm trying to pull myself out of an unbelievable funk. Worst funk of my life, and I'm trying to come up with ways, creative ways to pull myself out of this funk. We got this text. Jack, if you want to feel better about yourself, enroll in a jiu-jitsu class twice a week. The daily battles you fight on the mat and the small victories you win will bring much-needed confidence, challenge, and fun. So that's another option. Can there I just go? Can I just buy a couple of cheap suits and throw them on every day instead of actually having to go to jujitsu lessons? Yes, Michael. Are you going to be tennis shoe and suit guy? Or no, no, gonna... no, 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 no. I bought dress shoes also. I bought new dress shoes. I got a brown pair. I got a black pair. I bought. I got new belts. I got suits. I got shirts. I'm ready to go. I'm a suit guy every day. I'm gonna. I notice you're this... not ramping up to it because you're still t-shirt guy today, but you're leaping straight from t-shirt to suit tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes. Suit yes. suit start tomorrow. Right. Well, I I don't know. I don't I don't I, I don't even remember where I read this, but I hope it has some effect. Have you so, ever been uh, in a this... funk? How did you get out of your funk? Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. This is an extraordinary funk. I mean, this is not just like a mild funk. This is no. a you're not sure you're going to be able to ever get out of it funk. <sighs> wow, wow. Have you listened to funk music? At first, at first thought, Joe, does it seem like it's got any chance of having a positive effect, or does it just seem silly? Uh, no, I don't think it seems silly. Uh, it's I'm not sure it's going to work, but it's it's like making your bed first thing in the morning. Yeah. it's like keeping your house orderly. It's yep. You know, it's it's just it's. I think it's good. I think it's a good step. Whether it's a little step or a big step, I I could not tell you. Yeah. Well, I'll know here in a couple weeks, I suppose. All right. So this is one of my favorite teases of all time, and this one goes out to my fellow mediocre golfers. I'm working so hard on my golf game right now, so hard, and I never get any better, okay? Uh, in fact, I've kind of gotten worse. Uh, you're not alone. <laughs> so you'd have been better if you hadn't played. Well, it's it's difficult to say because when you've done something as much as I have, played golf mm-hmm. since I was a little kid, and you try to make significant changes, you're always going to get worse before you get better. True. It just sometimes guys just stay worse, <laughs> and sometimes you turn the corner and it all clicks and and, and you play better golf. But it's for like now, exor- just, it's ex- like exercising and you get fatter and weaker. Yes, it's very much like that. And some people would be frustrated by that, but not me, not Mister Positive. Anyway, <laughs> so to my fellow mediocre golfers, this is from the science desk. You're not alone. Monkeys choke under pressure too. Wow. We're not the only primate that chokes under pressure. I'll be darned. Got some hairy monkey flinging his feces around and missing two-foot putts. It happens. I'll explain. Uh, Coming up on the text line is 415-295-KFTC.
Armstrong and Getty Show. So this is the new ABBA. We mentioned last week ABBA is getting back together. Sort of, uh, kind of. Kind of, yeah. The virtual tour uh, avatars, they're calling them. Um, money grab. They're going to make a lot of money. Nobody needed new music from ABBA. Did, did we just have the verse? you got to get to the hook. It's ABBA. they got hooks big enough to catch a whale. There's another song, isn't there, Michael? Play the other one. So did they did they end up hating each other, or did they just make so much money they just thought, why are we still doing this? Well, I think there was part of that. Plus, it was two married couples that both ended up divorced. So, oh, like the Fleetwood Mac kind of thing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, kind of. Except instead of fueling unbelievable levels of creativity, they just didn't want to look at each other anymore. <laughs> More ABBA behind the music coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> People love yeah. that on the radio. They're fine-tuned smiths. So uh, golfers especially, you're going to love this. They did experiments with minkies, and they found out that monkeys choke under pressure too. They uh, they did these experiments where monkeys had to accomplish tasks, simple tasks like uh, with a cursor moving a, a pointer into a target. They do that successfully in the given time. They get a little reward. Or if, and and I think they used, I read this a couple of days ago, but they use like different visual cues to tell the monkeys this is going to be a bigger reward. And then they had one that was for the super giant bonus award. Like you get a whole chocolate chip cookie or something like that. Wow. Like a banana the size of a Volkswagen. Exactly. Exactly. And they found out (laughs) that when it came time for the super bonus prize, the monkeys would try too hard and screw it up. There was one monkey that choked 11 out of 11 for the jackpot. (laughs) That's me. That's my my monkey equivalent. (laughs) That's your monkey brother. He, uh, but if it was for the little prize, he did fine. He did great. But the bigger the jackpot, the more nervous he got, more freaked out he got. And they're trying to figure out neurologically what's going on because it's always been seen as just a human tendency and, you know, a question of uh, character or whatever. Um, and, and, and it may be, but I just thought that was really funny. Um, and, and they seem they were studying the limb movements too because, and sports psychologists can tell you that the unconscious becomes conscious if you're trying too hard. You, you, it's, it's funny. I had a great example of this the other day. I was, uh, I was getting rid of, uh, papers. I was going through like emails for the show, um, that, uh, sitting there in the office thrown at the, uh, the trash can. And at one point it dawned on me, I haven't missed yet. Missed the next four in a row. Interesting. Yeah, and they're not sure neurologically what's going on. But uh, so, I don't know. You know, if the monkey really, really wants to hit you with his feces, he's probably going to miss. So, (laughs) I guess that's the good news. Man, I'm sweating bananas here. I'm so nervous. 
Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the big banana. It's the big banana. Don't screw this up. Just grab the mouse. Just grab You've done this a hundred times. It's going to be fine. Oh, which reminds me, uh, old Patrick Cantlay, if you're a golf fan, he won the uh, the FedEx Cup. $15 million for that. It's a pretty good payday. Uh, and he came down the stretch with everything at stake and was just flawless. Yeah, How his brain works. I'd like to spend 30 seconds inside that brain just to see what it's like. Oy. I'd like to spend 30 seconds inside of this brain to see how well it works, too. Joe Biden, another one of his uh, stories that didn't check out. So remember the horrible Tree of Life synagogue shooting, synagogue shooting, mass murder that happened in 2018? 11 people died there. Yeah, yeah, horrible. Biden on Thursday told Jewish leaders that he spent time at the Tree of Life synagogue in Pittsburgh after that shooting. The synagogue spokesman came forward later and said, uh, Joe Biden never uh, no, never visited here. We went back through our records. I had no memory of it. I thought, well, let's check to be sure. He uh, he never he never visited. Not, wow. And it's not really a, well, how did he didn't visit? That's not the big part. The big part is that he said he did, and he yeah. didn't. He just, I, I, and I, I don't even think he knows he's doing this. No, I don't think it's, it's malfeasance. I think it's yeah. dementia. Or he's just been a politician so long that you just say crap like that? And like back in the old days, nobody would find out that? I don't know. But he says stuff like that all the time. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. second i got my headphones wrapped up but this is a disaster <laughs> beautiful just a disaster uh so Head, i saw phone cord syndrome yeah i saw a headline um on the twitter i think it was andy mccarthy of national review tweeted out this is the day the afghanistan story officially ended september 2nd and he showed headlines uh, on the front page of the washington post and the new york times and they had moved on to uh, hurricane coverage and Texas abortion law coverage. And so the nonstop Afghanistan coverage had come to an end. And uh, I have a feeling that that, you know, there's going to be stories show up here and there on Fox News and, and here. And the New York Times will have articles about it because there are plenty of reporters who have friends or people they've come to know in Afghanistan. But they won't be front page anymore. I, I think the story is going to go away. Uh, I don't want that to be true, but I think it is going to be true. And then you've got Congressman McCall, who's the Republican leader on the Foreign Relations Committee, talking about what is happening in Afghanistan right now. Executions are taking place. We're getting videos coming on, stories of interpreters uh, being you know, blocked by the Taliban. Remember, they had a perimeter around the airport itself. Uh, the interpreters couldn't get through that perimeter. Most Americans did. Uh, some got blocked by our own U.S. government at the airport. State Department wholly failed in this evacuation. And we had to rely on groups like Operation Task Forces like Pineapple and Dunkirk, who I implore the State Department to work with to help get these Americans and interpreters left behind out. But the retaliation's been severe, Chris. You know, stories of interpreters being taken home to their families and watching, you know, their, their wives and families being beheaded executed before they execute uh, the interpreter. Uh, this is not a new and improved Taliban. This is the same 
old Taliban they're reverting back to with the same brutal practices. Uh, and those stories can be backed up by all kinds of stories if you were following and whatever publication you want. There are stories out there that show that that is happening. Here's your Secretary of State, though, and what he says is happening. We've also been engaging with the Taliban on this topic, including in recent hours. They said that they will let people with travel documents freely depart. We will hold them to that. Yeah. So no, we're won't. still going with the. No, we're going to hold them. No, you. We're going to hold the uh, holding there. We're going to hold them to their promises. How? Who, who are you trying to kid with that talk? I just. I, I. I would like to know who that's for. CBS reported over the weekend multiple flights are being held on the ground at the Mazari Sharif Airport in northern Afghanistan by the Taliban. Uh, CBS reported an email from the State Department to members of Congress that CBS saw acknowledged that charter flights are still on the ground at the airstrip and uh, and are being held with Americans, U.S. citizens, and, and others that we were hoping to get out, and the Taliban is demanding various things before they'll let the flights go. They're holding hostages. You know, I have a feeling at the root of all of these stories is a chess game played over the question of international aid and the unfreezing of billions of dollars of assets because the Taliban is absolutely desperate for that transfusion of cash or they're going to have just a humanitarian nightmare on their hands, which is going to make it harder to hold on to power. At the same time, you know, I hope we've got something stronger going than Anthony Blinken saying, we expect you to keep your promises. I mean, because obviously there are brutal brutal death cult that will do whatever they think is is right for their own power so i i hope he's exerting some sort of pressure on them well and i heard and they they constantly talk about the leverage we have i heard somebody uh say over the weekend we have leverage over the taliban is code for we can write them a giant check that's our right. leverage you, i mean it, technically that's leverage but you you extorting something out of me and me having the thing to give to you doesn't mean I have leverage. That's not the way people normally look at that relationship. Right. Well, technically, it's leverage. But So is it possible behind the scenes, uh, Anthony Blinken, having found some testicles, uh, perhaps borrowed them, said, look, you turn our people loose at uh, that northern airstrip or you get no international money. And the Taliban's saying, you write us a big check or those people aren't getting loose. And now we're just staring each other down. Now, I go back to what I said a couple weeks ago. Remember, it was an idea that came to me in the shower. And uh, and I wonder why that couldn't have been done then or why it couldn't be done now. And I'd, I'd actually like to ask Mike Lyons about this or some military guy. Why couldn't President Biden, and he doesn't need to say this out loud, but he could say it behind the scenes. I'd be forcing it out loud. Here's the deal. Let all the Americans go. All the Americans get to drive right to the airport, get on a plane, and leave right now. Everybody that's got U.S. citizenship. If you don't, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my presidency to wiping you off the face of the earth. I don't care if I don't get reelected. I don't care how many troops I have to send in. I don't know if you understand the way our system works, but I'm the commander in chief and I get to do whatever I want. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to wipe you off the face of the earth if you don't let everybody go right now. I don't care what it does to me politically. Why wouldn't that work? I don't know. I would love it. I would love to see it. I hate, Do the whole uh, dirty Harry make my day thing. And I'm not saying this like to be a tough guy or masculine or I just think it would work. They, that's the only language these people understand. That would get the most people out as, uh, the most quickly. So, yeah, I, I and agree. I think, or say, listen, listen, we got five cruise missiles for every American life. 
We got a pretty good count of them right now. Of course, you know, the count is highly suspect these days. But anyway, um, you know, yeah, yeah. Tell them, look, we're the most powerful military in the world. We will bring unholy hell upon ye if you don't start cooperating now. And one of the reasons I think this would work, you brought this up a couple weeks ago. Um, I was rereading it over the weekend. We pulverized the Taliban in 90 days. Almost exactly 20 years ago after 9-11, we went in there and in 90 days, they were begging for mercy. They were wanting to negotiate with us some sort of settlement because they realized they were going to get wiped off the face of the earth. And uh, we didn't want to take any deal they had. Uh, in retrospect, that might have been a good idea since they're now in charge of the country. But um, they, they know what we can do. And they have reacted in the past. They're not completely a death cult in the way that Al-Qaeda might be. They want to, like, live and run the country and, and benefit from it. Right. Well, Biden's so whole thing, though, for years and years and years has been, let's get out of Afghanistan. Yeah. I just don't yeah. think he has it in him to do sure. the right, necessary thing. Sure. And even Good if point. we did it from afar, I mean, we could administer a terrible punishment on the Taliban, but he doesn't want to do it. Um, different topic. I'm running through my notes from the weekend. Byron York tweeted out over the weekend from the Washington Examiner. The great horse dewormer absurdity continues. Oh, what boy. drug is that? Ivermectin. Ivermectin. I don't know if you saw this story over the weekend, though, this was a talking point for the left. Actually, was Ivermectin that- sounds like one of those how to speak Bidenese words. And I pledge Ivermectin by the second year in office. <laughs> Uh, so the media has been talking for a while that stupid Trump voters are taking this horse dewormer because they're so stupid. Well, it turns out ivermectin is a drug that millions and millions of people have taken around the world. Guy who invented it got a Nobel Prize. It has saved millions of lives. If you take Different it in normal dose, though, unless you're twelve hundred yeah, pounds. But, okay, and have four do you lives. have any? Do you have any information that people in bulk are taking the horse version of it? I don't. No, no, just isolated cases here and there. Oklahoma, uh, so the great horse dewormer absurdity continues. Oklahoma doctor makes wild claim, no beds for gunshot victims because so many people are being treated for the horse dewormer overdose. The hospital scrambles to clarify it's not true. This is, uh, and he links to a Rolling Stone piece about that. So that story flew around. I heard the story about they don't have enough hospital beds in one Oklahoma hospital because so many stupid Trump voters are taking the horse dewormer. Not true. Just not a true story. It's just fake. But it doesn't matter anymore. If if I were more cynical, I would get out of this business and I would get in the business of making up crap to promote my side of the story. Because it doesn't matter anymore if it's true or not. The side you want to affect will hear your fake story. The, 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 the fact checking or whatever, they won't hear because they don't travel in those circles. No. And you've accomplished your goal. And then they will send us a link to the article and say, why aren't you idiots talking about this? So, anyway, the smart thanks for the contribution. People, the smart people, cynical, and they're going to ruin the country, but the smart people have figured this out. Nobody hears the fact anymore. Don't worry about it. Get out any story you want. It doesn't even, it can be wholly made up. It doesn't even need to have any truth to it whatsoever. Get that story out. Advance your cause. So there's that. Oh, yeah. You know what? That that reminds me. I read a really interesting piece at Wired.com. Uh, Facebook made a really interesting um, kind of confession the other day that almost nobody caught. But they're they're going to change the way your feed works because they've finally come to the realization that engagement 
you know, responses, clicks, uh, hearts, whatever, is not a good measure of what you want. People often respond most to things they despise. They just can't help it. They've got to click on their their brother-in-law, the conspiracy theorist's latest post or whatever. And they've they've realized often the most engaged things are things that make people angry and sad and unhappy and the rest of it. And they've realized they have to change their algorithms because they're making everybody miserable. So I thought that was interesting. I uh, got an interesting story about um, people having babies without getting married. That's really, really interesting. And who's doing that the most? Maybe we'll get to that coming up. I did want to mention I tweeted out a picture of me in a tank top over the weekend. And the reason I did that is we have Armstrong and Getty tank tops. They're actually sleeveless tees, which is slightly different than a tank top. Yeah, slightly different. Yeah. yeah. But I, t- I tweeted out a picture of me in the sleeveless tee. Now, um uh, I got many, many comments, almost entirely negative. And, uh, and, uh, Hansen said, while there was a lot of action at our Armstrong and Getty store over the weekend, not a single human being bought the tank top. Oh, so my wrong, modeling wrong model. Effort, <laughs> yeah. My modeling efforts did not pay off in there. We sold clothes. But, oh, they have clothes. I just don't want that. But my son saw me in the sleeveless tee, um, last week and he said, Jack, he doesn't call me Jack. He said, Dad, um, never wear that in public and never pick me up from school in that. I'd rather walk oh. home with a bear. He said, I'd rather walk home with a bear. <laughs> That's an odd comparison, but I, I, I take your meaning, son. So well, a man my age shouldn't be wearing a sleepless tee. But anyway, the point is we do have clothing items at armstrongandgetty.com. You know, I used to be a pretty big fan of the sleeveless tee in my younger days, but uh, a man of our our years, I mean, if if you have really good guns, what you're screaming is, look at me, I'm middle-aged, but I got really good guns, and I want everybody to sim. And if you don't, you're showing off your bingo wings. So it's really a no-win proposition. Yeah, and my uh, my tan is really what uh, oh. really what did me in. Oh, so sorry. Um, so. Women choosing to have a child without being married. What group is that exploded among, and is it a problem? We can discuss that when we come back. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So what do we need to know about this, Michael, to fully enjoy it? This is a montage of things that are always said within the first five minutes of a Zoom meeting. (laughs) Fantastic. Let's do it. Thank you guys for joining. Well, we got a couple more folks joining, so we'll just give them a second. Can you guys hear me, by the way? Is it... It's coming in clear. Okay. No, because I could see you, but I couldn't hear you. And and happy uh, happy Wednesday, or is it, it's Tuesday, isn't it? One of those weeks. I've been doing like a daily walk in the morning just to you know feel like a commute. Should we get started, or where where are you guys calling from? Let me actually ping him because he did accept the invite. Are oh. you come? Okay. We can get started, and then when he joins, oh there there you go. Yeah. No. No. We're just getting started. <laughs> Yeah, oh, so good, so horrible. Oh. That was painful. Made my skin crawl. <laughs> geez, and we've done two percent of the meetings that most of y'all have done, right? And I, I found that painful. Yeah, what he meant to say there at the end was, 
We'll get started, and then as soon as he joins, we'll repeat everything we just did when when whoever joins. Exactly. Which is, yeah. <laughs> Galling. Ugh. So I don't know if this fits in with an earlier story about what's going on with culture or not. We did the story earlier about how on college campuses it's now 60-40 women to men. 60% of college students are women, 40% men, and that's... A fairly drastic change from not very many years ago. And I don't know if this fits in with this or not. I have no idea. But more college-educated women are having babies outside marriage. And the stats are really quite amazing. Non-marital childbearing has increased significantly among women of all educational levels over the past quarter century. Yet the sharpest increase has been among women who hold a bachelor's degree or more. About a quarter... Of women between 32 and 38 weren't married when they had their first babies. Wow. According to recent surveys, that's a six-fold increase from 1996 when it was 4%. So in 1996, 4% of women in their 30s were unmarried when they had a baby. Now it's a quarter. That is a major change in not very long time. Wow. And as we always talk about when you have changes like this there are repercussions of some sort maybe you think they're all positive i doubt that they are but whatever there are going to be results from changes like that from the way you structure families and society and everything else a generation ago the percentage of college educated women having children outside of women was negligible it's no longer true said a researcher well i could have done that without being a researcher um, trying to come up with the whys, which is always a guess. Researchers say the shift stems from college-educated young adults having less economic security than previous generations. Which so is you have a child out of wedlock? What? And it's the group of people that have the best chance of having economic security in all of America, people with college degrees, which is still true. I don't know how much longer that's going to be true. It's still true that your average lifetime earnings are a lot more if you graduate college. And unemployment is always like half to a third of what none. But um, I don't know how long that will continue to be true as long as I continue to crank out worthless college degrees and more employers figure out that they aren't actually learning anything in college. So I don't know about that. But at least for now, it continues to be true. So the group that has the best shot at making money and being employed is the one that's had the biggest rise and having babies out of wedlock because of economic... I don't even understand no, that. that sounds like a horse dung to me. Even though it, just, it says here, uh, college-educated Americans still have far more earning power than those with only high school education. Now, more couples are deciding to live together instead of marrying, so it might not be, you know, if you're picturing a single mom alone in a house or an apartment with a kid and no dad around... Um, People are living together instead of getting married. They didn't have statistics that that, that would prove whether or not that offsets. Like, um, yeah, you know, that's an excellent point too. And you have to know the answer to that question to even get into the discussion of why it's happening yeah. and what it means. We might see a trend toward a more European pattern of childbirth and marriage, in which young adults have a child before marrying. Even though we've talked about the statistics before, that if you want to avoid poverty in life, there are really only three things you have to do graduate high school, don't have a kid until you get married. No, what was the third one? Don't get married until you're 
18 or something like that? Something like that. Don't go to prison. Don't do drugs. Uh, but I know one of them was uh, don't have a kid before you get married. Statistically, that really ups your chances of being poor. I don't know. So what do you, do you think this uh, this means anything? Do you think it fits in anything at all with the percentage more women in college than men? Yeah, like I said, I'd really like to know that other statistical answer before I weighed in fully. But I have seen in my days a uh, a devaluation of fatherhood in America. Uh, the idea that uh, children need a mom and a dad, or at least that that's better than not. Um, and so, yeah, I think it probably is tied together in some ways. I think boys really need male role models. Uh, I think that's incredibly important. But again, you know, if if 90% of the slack is taken up by people who are together, they are an intact family, they're just not married, then, you know, that's a different case. But doesn't have a all of our... Together. Doesn't all of our culture scream on a regular basis, men are toxic? Everything yeah. about men is bad? So Including why wouldn't little you? little boys, yeah. Why wouldn't you decide that having a child without a man is maybe even better than having a man around. Well, we're adopting a more European model, and of course, Europe is heading for the drain as fast as it can. If you miss an hour, find it at the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.